Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, head eyebrow and eyelid drooping and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is the Sexy Unique Podcast, an exploration of Vanderpump Rules. Ain't nobody got me feeling like I'm feeling you. And I'm your host, Lara Marie Shane Hall. Everybody freeze, put your hands up. We ain't about to take it easy, hope you cakes up. London with the beat, here we go so in. Then we go with a friend, you'll be both in. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Sexy Unique Podcast. I am here to talk VPR with comedian Ray Sani. Hi. Hi. I'm so psyched to have you on the pod. I like, I have to say, you have great taste in reality TV. And <laughs> also, I think good, or like, I don't want to say be binary about like good and bad takes, but I feel like we align in a lot of ways and our outlook I, I on the cast. So. I think so. I think so. And um, I, first of all, super honored to be here. Like you have no idea, like no idea. This is so exciting for me. But yes, and you have really great taste in uh, reality TV stars, although we might quibble over a couple, but I think we're in line for the most part. Yeah, I think so too. How are you holding up through all this like COVID bullshit that's going on? Uh, It is stressful. It is (laughs) the work. (laughs) 
Um, I don't even like going outside that often, but the being told that I can't go outside is like something in my like Sagittarian rebellious spirit is like, fuck this, you know, and (laughs) I'm, I'm going crazy and it's like, all right. Uh, the the only thing I like about LA is the weather, and it's like I can't even enjoy that anymore. So, uh, I'm I'm trying to make it. How are you holding up? Are you going stir crazy? I'm going a little stir crazy. Thankfully, like I can, I've worked from home for probably the last two years, so that is not much of a change for me. And I too am like I tend to be a, a more of a hermit, but now mm-hmm. much like you, I'm like ready I was really ready to like be social and really come out of my shell this spring I was like it's all happening for me like it's a whole new me and then this happened and it was like (laughs) no it's the old you forever (laughs) right (laughs) and also people are gonna die so enjoy that (laughs) oh yeah um I'm it's it's one thing to sort of have to uh stew in your own kind of like depression sauce like I can do that you know yeah then it's just like you're putting your depression sauce and then outside there's like real things happening to people uh like the other day I was I went to the grocery store just because I need food and it was so quiet and it was like there was just ominous feeling that something greater than myself was happening and then it just made me think of all those like insane moments in history where like you have to try and do all these mundane things like cook or eat. And it's like I'm the person who like went to the grocery store during like slavery or the Holocaust. It felt so silly, you know, it's yeah. crazy. That feeling of dread that creeps in every once in a while. For me, it's usually at night, like if I'm stoned, which is almost every night now. Uh, and then, like, I'm always like, I want to get high and then I will be stoned and then I'll be like, maybe this was a mistake because it feels like it, it amplifies my anxiety. Well, yeah. Like, are you, are you, uh, smoking your indicas or your sativas? Cause if you're smoking your indicas. And so I think that's Ooh. where the problem is right now. Yeah, make try try some indicas, you know, and knock you right out. You'd be too sleepy <laughs> to be depressed or stressed. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think the weed shop near me is considered an essential business. Um, so that bodes well. Curbside delivery. They're like, okay, we won't let you inside our building, but we gonna get you your medicine. So I am grateful for technology. Yeah. Um, yeah, count your blessings. Um, well, let's get into this week's episode because it actually was kind of an entertaining and good one, which has been a hard yes. thing to come by this season. Yes, I am pleasantly surprised, but I hate, and we'll get into this later, obviously, but I hate that someone's misery has to be the only shot at entertainment for me today. Yeah, it feels it's. Oh. It's starting to feel not good to delight in the misery of the cast of this show, especially like the OG cast. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm, I don't feel like a, I'm starting to not feel like a good person. And so. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. Because you're always a better 
person than the people who choose to be terrible on TV. Don't okay, worry. Great. That's okay, not cool. a problem for you. <laughs> We're back. We bounced back. Um, yes. <laughs> how long have you been watching Vanderpump Rules? Were you a starter from the beginning or did like someone I'm introduce a, you to it? I'm halfway through season one um, OG. So like okay. not from not from minute one, but uh, I initially... <laughs> I loved Lisa Vanderpump on Beverly Hills. I'm I was still team Lisa even through last season. RIP Lisa on Beverly Hills, but um I just didn't think I would like young hot like kids from West Hollywood. Didn't think it would be possible. And uh I had a friend of mine, a person who I would never expect to watch a show like Vanderpump Rules. She's just like bougie black like Nigerian doctor I went to college with or whatever and she's like you have to watch this show <laughs> and she's like you love love and hip hop she's like if you love love and hip hop you'll watch the show and I'm like no it doesn't seem like my thing you know like the whole backdoor pilot with Sheena and Brandy or whatever I was like I don't really think I'm gonna like it and she goes do you know the way that people say that love and hip-hop makes black women look terrible she's like uh Vanderpump Rules makes white women look terrible you have to watch the show <laughs> and yes uh she was right, and um, and I've been a fan ever since. Not because it makes white women look terrible, but because they're terrible in exactly the right kind of way for my reality TV taste. I loved it so much, which is why season eight is such a disappointment. Yeah, and I mean, season seven, like, I'm still carrying latent trauma from that season being so bad. <laughs> It's been so, they're so self-aware and it's the problem that even Real Housewives after season five or six, you run into this. They're too self-aware. They're producing themselves. They're, uh, they're super aware of the audience reaction. So they're trying to, uh, tailor storylines or their behavior to it. They're actively plotting and scheming to keep people from shooting ski- scenes and stuff. It's like they're too intellectually aware and so I'm too intellectually aware and there's no like uh, out of body, these people are terrible and I'm having a great time kind of experience with it anymore. Yeah, and it's not even like, and when you do get those little moments, like they're peppered in just enough to where it doesn't it still it just makes you feel bad like if you were watching an hour of people being just like horrific to each other it would be Mm. a wild roller coaster ride of joy but then if you just start watching (laughs) like filler and then tom like verbally abuses katie at the end you're like well that wasn't exactly the hit that i needed (laughs) It wasn't what I needed. Like I needed more of that Lala and Raquel back and forth because that's why I like this show. Okay, really yeah. <laughs> getting her ass handed to her. That's what I wanted. That's what I needed. Okay, I like a triumphant underdog having her moment when the person who tried to have her moment was in the wrong. But then you you give me a, a trashy eighties party. And then, like, an emotionally abusive relationship. And it's like, oh, could you have reversed the order? Maybe magically through TV editing, make Jax's birthday happen earlier in the episode so we could end on Lala and and Raquel. But, you know, time is time, I suppose. A good note. A good note. Um, Let's take it back to the beginning. 
where Ariana meets Lisa for a horse moment and we find <laughs> out Lisa's horse is named Tardon and she's taught him to speak, but he speaks French, which I yeah. didn't realize until the second time I watched this episode to take notes. And then I was like, oh, she only speaks to her horses in French, which is kind of chic. Can you imagine, like, even her horses have more assets and wealth than I. Like, I am, like, Eat the Rich is also her horse. Yeah, <laughs> like, her, hor- <laughs> her horse is, like, knows, uh, like, is bilingual. And I just her know horse English. Princeton, her horse has a graduate degree from Yale. Like, what are we doing here, Lisa? <laughs> And Katie goes over to Stassi to bring her like hangover in and out. And they decide that Katie's going to have a girls night and invite literally everyone in their friend group and beyond into the extended Sir <laughs> universe, except for Kristen. And I'm like, that is just, supremely rude. Justice for Kristen Doty. Like truly this show, yeah. this show would have been dead by season three, if not for Kristen. And, and like, Kristen is admittedly a horrible person, but so are Stassi and Katie. And it is fascinating. It's fascinating to watch them decide that she's terrible for the least terrible reason. Like, we've all been in shitty situations with shitty boyfriends we can't get rid of and sometimes we marry them katie and so (laughs) for for them to decide that everybody even raquel even raquel that's the harshest part which is just like you know that that stings as you're inviting james's yeah boyfriend called you fat on national TV, there was a whole thing about it. You got him fired from his job and you can't even bring you. It's a wine night. You could have pretended. Ultimately, I I just don't like seeing um, people being excluded. It seems really, really mean. And to, to shit on someone for uh, being in a bad relationship is just awful. And the delight they take in it. I mean, I've never liked Stassi. I really, really, really do not enjoy her. And when she's the nicer one in the duo, you've got a problem. Yeah, I agree. I'm feeling like gaslit by like the way Stassi has turned into being portrayed as this like really sweet, like nice, girl because I just remember her vibe in like the early seasons of this show and I truly believe that that is like the real her which I feared but I also was just like you're trash but then now (laughs) it's trying to like appeal to my like white girl sensibilities of her being like I'm hungover Mm, I'm in a barf like hangover AF and I'm just like something ain't right like I don't I'm not here for it Oh, I'm not fooled. You can't fool me. Yeah. I there's there's no fooling me. Stasi's terrible from beginning to end. She's still terrible in this. She's bullying her best friend. Uh it's just that Katie looks worse. But Stasi's not nice. I mean, the fact that they didn't interfere, we'll get to it, but they didn't interfere when Lala was being crazy. The fact that she's like not even going through with her own business out of spite to her friend. Bo is a nice polisher, but you can't really polish a turd, can you? (laughs) No, you can't. 
Lisa believes that in James, and apparently James is on day six of not drinking, as he tells Listen, Raquel. Listen, he's doing better than me, okay? It's been 400 <laughs> days consecutively. I know. My drinking has really gone up as, like, the COVID crisis gets worse and worse. <laughs> my wine intake is it's just, like, it's now just a Seriously. consistent thing in my life. I think I've finished all the Sancerre available in Hollywood. Like, <laughs> that's why there's a shortage. Oh, I see. <laughs> exactly. It has nothing to do with COVID, okay? Your girl's sad. <laughs> <laughs> but James is on the up and up, and Lisa checks in on him every day, which I kind of. Do you believe it? Uh, yeah, I believe it. I think she's always had a soft spot in her heart for James. I'm so curious to know, like, where they first like how she is connected to his family because it Mm -hmm. seems like she's always held a candle for James and really cared about him. And I think it's because she's known his parents for so long and clearly his parents are a mess. And so Uh, Lisa's kind of like his only hope. So uh, yeah, I think that she like when she cares about someone like that, she checks in. But she also really, really loves a project. Yeah. Um, and specifically, James. I think she loves a male, like a messy man to try and like. Help. Yes. Like Jax is her project. Tom Swartz was a project. Do you remember mm-hmm. when he couldn't survive one shift at pump and then she gave him a restaurant? I do. I will never understand that. But. Uh, I I I'm curious about James. I mean, six days is very is a great start for someone who is in as much trouble as he seemed to be in. And obviously, no one believes it was just alcohol. But yeah. um, but like uh, six days is big is really big. I remember trying to stop drinking last year, and I think I made <laughs> it five days. So the fact that he's doing this and you know, obviously he's in the business of rehabbing his image. He wants to get to DJ at uh, Sir, and I want to go to see you next Tuesdays when this is all over. But it's a big step to go to AA and to like put your sober, uh, sober, sober recovery. I know English um, on television because when you invite the public into it it's way it's like 20 times more difficult they'll hold you accountable probably in a way that's not particularly um constructive or helpful so i'm proud of james for being open with it and i hope he sticks with it and you know i want to see what the white kanye is gonna be like when his mind is clear you know yeah i think that things are looking up for james i think that he has been sober for like months now Really? You followed up? Okay. I've I've kind of like checked in every once in a while. And I think he's, I don't know the exact number, but I want to say like eight or nine months. Like it's been a good chunk of time. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I hope, um, wait, I'm really, really, I'm really happy to hear that. Yeah. So there is hope. And like every, every so often I'll just stop in my tracks and remember that he calls himself white Kanye and it makes me really happy. And then I just will find myself like sending him love and light, just like emotionally Uh, and mentally. Does that make Raquel the black Kim Kardashian? I'm trying to understand how this this works. So I have a theory that James and Raquel are maybe like, 
more in like a beard relationship than like a real romantic relationship. And I actually okay. really so like who, Raquel. Who's bearding for whom? I think Raquel is bearding for James. And so you believe the Logan stuff. Yeah, I absolutely believe the Logan stuff. And I really hope that in the next like season or so that James kind of comes clean about like his about any sort of sexuality or that 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 starts to clear up and like become a storyline because I think that that's like where his redemptive arc could just like take off and explode if he just is like look I was dealing with demons because I was uncomfortable with who I am and I'm sorry I violated y'all this way yeah and just or just being like yeah I was really confused I was self-medicating like I feel like attraction to both men and women and like that's been something really hard to admit or maybe he's gay and he comes out of the closet for being gay or like just like let's speak to that in a more honest way. I think that that could buy him a lot of points and put him back on top again. I, okay, I can buy it. I can buy it. I can buy it. I I think there might be something to also uh I I do think that he is deeply in love with Lala, mm-hmm. and I think that Lala has some uh, affection for him, perhaps not to, uh, reciprocated to the same degree, but, and I think it's hard for him to eat that this girl that he's deeply in love with, had been deeply in love with, they had aligned with one another, they had been on each other's team, and she moved on and moved on with his enemies, I suppose, and she became like the epitome of the kind of girl that they together said that she would never be. I think totally. he's struggling with that too. Cause so much of his identity on that show was wrapped in with his relationship with her and everything has left him behind. I think that contributes to a lot of his misery as well. Oh yeah, totally. Um, I hope I miss the two of them together, but I think Lala's like far gone now. I think like she'll never yes, come back. We have lost Lala. We have lost Lala. Yeah. We've lost Lala. Mm-hmm. She's gone. Goodbye. She used to be she used to be my bitch. Do you understand? Like oh, same. I, I was like so ride or die for Lala. Like I would I would like throw down and defend her at all costs. And now I'm just like uh, good riddance, I suppose. It's a shame. It's a shame. It's really a shame to. I never. I'm. I'm devastated. <laughs> I'm <laughs> devastated. I'm devastated. Listen, I always have like a. You know, I always there's always something in the back of my head when like whenever like a girl from like the suburbs plays hardcore tough bitch rah rah hood girl whatever whatever but like something about it despite that was very charming she seemed honest she seemed down to earth and here she is being this person who I never thought she would be she seemed resentful of and like know your place what is your place Lala what is your place whose place what place anyway no, it's insane the way that she was speaking to Raquel, but we'll get there. Um, first, we need to talk about Lisa's relationship with her horse, though, because she gets <laughs> <laughs> things get too real for me where she goes, look how sexy he is. And then she says, when things are looking down, I sometimes go to the stables to make out with him. And then 
she and Ariana compare horse dick size and Lisa <laughs> offers to get it out. She goes, oh, oh, he has a huge dick. I'll get it out. I yes. am not okay. Lisa's, there was a- <laughs> Lisa's post, Beverly Hills Life is the bestiality porn. And, and I promise, I did not think that that was the shift she was going to make. <laughs> she, um, there was a video on her Instagram that I think probably was taken around the time maybe around the time this was filmed because I think she was wearing like the same, I mean, maybe she wears the same riding outfit and her horse wears like the same saddle all the time, but it was her horse was laying on the ground and it had a huge boner and she was (laughs) laying on top of the horse, like kind of caressing it. And it it was all set to a soundtrack of like Lisa softly singing like a lullaby that she had recorded oh. elsewhere. It was tr- one of the most insane things I had ever seen. I was like, this I'm, is pornographic. I'm traumatized by your retelling. I don't even <laughs> need to see this. How, first of all, it was on Instagram. It isn't that, Instagram. Against, isn't that against terms of service on Instagram? What are we doing here? Report that picture. One would think that it is, but it, I don't, I'm going to try and find it and like repost it because it truly, I was like, are we all seeing this? Like no one seemed to care. I felt like I was alone in the world being like, what? This is not normal. Well, um, see the, 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 the weird sexual relationship with the puppy I could do, you know, jiggy, you know, it was adorable, but if there's an animal big enough for you to maybe fuck. That's stressful, Lisa. (laughs) I do not want to picture her bent. Oh, and okay. Did you notice this as well? Uh, I, I, I find that it quite, I, I wasn't raised wealthy. I'm not wealthy. Uh, equestrian is a rich people, uh, hobby horse Mm -hmm. sports. Uh, it, as, as rich as that uh, sport seems to me, Ariana looked poor next to Lisa. <laughs> and I don't know how that happened. She's in a full riding outfit. You know, she's got the boots. She's got the hat. And still, she looked about 60 tax, tax brackets below Lisa. And I don't know how you make a, a horse riding outfit look cheap. Uh, the French horse, the, the the Ivy League educated horse in her outfit is just too much, a little much for me. Yeah, it's a it's a whole journey. And I like that her horse, it seems like her horse has its hair like braided and then taken out of braid. So it has like a really nice crimp to it. It's, and so it's a little wave. That's, yeah. And <laughs> I doubt. And I recently, like in the last year, I started like hate following oh, like a very wealthy person that like would post about her horses that she would buy all the time and like po- post about their hair and like needing like hair braiders to come and like braid the horse's hair. And then I became just like obsessed with the fact that there are people <laughs> out there that are just hired not to braid humans hair, but to braid horses hair. And that's like a full blown <laughs> job that someone can have. And then like just paying money for horse hairstyles. Like it's a whole, it's a journey. I need to go down this like horse braiding Instagram, like YouTube hole, because I think I would be very, very fascinated. 
yeah like, like horse hair bloggers <laughs> I, th- I thought there was like just one kind of like horse person in the world like you either are into horses or you're not but i'm realizing right. that there's like there's like a horse girl like ariana who <laughs> is just like a kind of a regular horse lover and then there are horse lovers like lisa who are like very rich and also slightly sexually attracted to horses and also have a budget to like do their horse's hair. Her horse looks like a drawing from the novel, like the cover of a romance novel, like a cartoon depiction of Fabio on a horse. And that horse looks like Lisa's Cardone is his name. Cardone. Cardone. Cardone and Fabio. I tried to look up what tardon meant and i mm-hmm. got only as far in french i think it means delay but then i think it was she maybe had named him after a novelist but then i didn't really get into like what that novelist had written because i was like <laughs> <laughs> can only do so much research you know <laughs> it, and uh, w- like i w- why did we go back to ariana and lisa being horse buddies why did we, are we that are we that depleted of, of anything interesting on this show yes. my least favorite thing about ariana is horses that's my least favorite thing about her <laughs> yeah i don't really care for like i i'm down for like one horse check in a season but it when it becomes like a multiple time event i'm over it like we need more and, uh- why are we talking about James sobriety over horses? <laughs> like that's not even horse conversation. No, it certainly isn't. I love too Lisa's like excuse for her sexual attraction to animals. She's like, if that's wrong, I don't want to be right. Which is like I think you want to be right, Lisa. You should want to be right on this one. We don't want you to fuck a horse. <laughs> yeah, please don't. I love I can get it out is truly I'm just like stopped and like the sad thing about not being able to hang out with anyone is like not being able to like live react with another person to Vanderpump rules where you just need a second to like side eye or like scream with someone. That was my scream I, moment. <laughs> I I hope I hope she's I hope she's just bored. I I really really love Lisa Vanderpump of old and I don't want this to be the Lisa that we're subject to now that she's not on Beverly Hills anymore. I can't do this version of Lisa. It's a fall from, it's a fall from grace for sure. And also like now that the cast is not like playing ball anymore, the fact that Lisa has to debase herself to like pick up the slack is a a dark (laughs) twist. (laughs) Can you imagine she went from the queen of Beverly Hills to the horse fucker of Vanderpump Rules? (laughs) To giving horse hand jobs on (laughs) Vanderpump Rules. (laughs) She is a literal horse fluffer. (laughs) Oh my god, she's a horse fluffer. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, at Sir, Sheena and Raquel are having a classic alley chat. And Katie I've Cole. missed these alley chats. I, I miss them so much. The alley used to be like the seventh character of the show. 
Yes, it was the Greek chorus. It was dusty and dirty and bummy. And just looking upon these people with such uh, disgust. <laughs> mm-hmm. An alley drama and like the like them fighting next to dumpsters like never got old. And then now never. we never get alley drama anymore. Yes, this is why Sheena is my hero of this cast she's the last good thing we have mm-hmm. because sheena sheena has not forgotten the spirit of the show that we fell in love with she's psycho clingy thirsty obsessive and has no problem sitting next to garbage this is the show we wanted <laughs> this is the show we miss. I don't need Lala talking about private jets. I don't need them a home owning in the valley. I want desperate near a garbage can. I don't think <laughs> it's too much to add. It's not. It's literally what we signed up for. And also it's like and very much I believe a better production value for the producers if they keep things yes. just like alley centric. Yes, it's just, it's setting. It's all about setting. Yes, I am yelling in an alley near a dumpster. That is all we need. It's like, it's like when, you know, you're like directing a stage play and, and the set that they build is too complex. You need a minimalist stage. That's where the best artists perform. And that's what Sheena's trying to give us. And all these actors, they think they're too big for their stage. They do. And the great thing about Sheena is that she can and will perform on a minimalist stage and just like fucking kill it. Yes. And I love Sheena. And this scene uh, really highlighted it for me. Uh, like you said, the other cats, cast members don't seem to want to play ball. But my beloved Sheena, she's a producer's puppet. If you need to sit, you need her to sit outside near a garbage can and watch her <laughs> watch Raquel take a phone call. Yes, that is good show. Sheena is invested in good show. <laughs> Sheena will climb up on an old table, get her high pony all situated, and then click away on her phone while Raquel makes that phone call. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, then later. Okay. How, I need to know how you feel about Brett. Cause I fucking hate him so much. Like I can't even watch him. Do you hate him for Twitter reasons? Or do you hate him for show reasons or some combination of the two? I think the combination of the two, I mean, being racist on Twitter never helps me like someone. So <laughs> I can't say so, I've ever come away from a racist on Twitter being like, but I mean, he's cute. <laughs> he's truly, he, Brett makes my skin crawl. There's like something about him that's like, it's like too manicured, but then he also seems yes. evil. He seems like a villain. He- Absolutely. So I, I asked you if you had hated him for both reasons, because I don't hate them as a combination. I have two very strong hatreds for him on different avenues. <laughs> like <laughs> the, the Twitter shit was like, okay. Okay. And then separately, he's such a disgusting twat of a human being. Actually, I shouldn't even call him a twat because I should not insult my vagina insulting him. He sucks so much. He's so smarmy. He's like, uh, he's like, 
he's like if a used car salesman got rich and had a spoiled brat of a son. It's like the combination of being a douchebag and like inheriting douchebaggery. It's like it's like in his bloodline. It looks like he was born to be the worst possible human. I agree. And he like apparently he was just cast via like based on his YouTube following. Like he has no real organic I think I was really astonished to discover he has such a big YouTube following because I cannot conceive of a single interesting thing that would drive me to on purpose watch or listen to him. Yeah. And apparently he got his YouTube following because he dated like a YouTuber with like a crazy following. So all of his following is like mostly just offshoots of the people that were following her. So he's a thought. He's a thirsty thought, right? Yeah. Because he definitely yeah. made out with Sheena just to get on the show or just to have a storyline, right? To have a storyline. But then also, I think that it's really disrespectful of him to make out with her and then just constantly shit talk her and diss her. Yeah, it's it. he's clearly a pig misogynist, I think. Um, the fact that, like, uh, he just seems sleazy like he just seems like growth is oozing out of his pores initially i thought that he was going to be the better of the two in the max brett duo but they just both really suck and and i didn't think that we were going to get a two-for-one trash deal like that but we did get that and i know he's he's so quaffed it's like Every move, every thought, every sentence is so calculated and so disingenuous. And just, I've never seen someone phone. He's so phony. That's it. He's phony, phony and malicious. It seems very dark spirited. It feels like someone who I don't even like read auras or anything like that, but he just gives me nasty, just disgusting. And like so gross that he has a very great face. He's a very handsome guy. And that is exploded. Like he doesn't even get a season of it. Like Jax did. I thought Jax was hot for like, I don't know, 13 episodes. Oh, I still struggle with Jax, my feelings for Jax. Like something he still hasn't like totally destroyed. Not like, like, obviously, I know he's a horrible person, and I would never, but there are still times every once in a while, present day, where I'll be like, God, Jax is hot. There was there was a moment, I had a moment last week's episode, was it where he was wearing, like, a white top, I think, and he had his hair, like, slightly over his face. It was, like, a nice curled kind of bang situation, and I was like, fuck. Jax is hot for like five fucking seconds, man. Ugh. But he's a shapeshifter. Like he'll be hot one second and then he'll be bloated the next. And you're just like, how did that happen? Cocaine. That's how that happened. Yeah. <laughs> it hasn't. He has not aged well into like his cocaine addiction. No, it's like, bruh, you got to slow it down. You got to take it down to three bumps at a time. You know, you can't be doing it like you did when you were 22, 32. He's 40. Isn't that astonishing? Anyway, it's crazy. Brett is also like, does Brett, is Brett actively trying to be Jax? It's, it's, uh, 
Derek Jack still has some sort of je ne sais quoi that makes him endlessly washable, even as I loathe him. Brett is not likable or watchable in the slightest. And no. he seems very convinced that he is. And I don't get it. I know he thinks I think he thinks he absolutely is watchable and a great guy. Was that a lie then when Lisa said he was her trainer? Uh, Yeah, I think so. I think that he was just hired <laughs> And then, like, uh, worked into the cast as being like, oh, and plus Lisa, like, wants him to train her because he does, like, workout YouTube videos. Yuck. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I can't. Um, <laughs> poor Sandoval and Ariana have no furniture in their empty house. And they, Sandoval has Schwartz and Max over to, like, pregame how they're going to, like, prank jacks on his birthday (laughs) and max said something that was so revealing to like just how psychotic he is when he was like sandoval's like let's teepee a man and schwartz is like i don't know like let's go over and just lift him up with like love and light and max goes why don't we take his dogs for 24 hours yeah he was like uh that's that's a really illegal (laughs) that's uh, not only illegal that's actually like that is so cruel and pure evil. Okay, so as a person who not only is not a dog person, my life in LA has made me actively resent dogs because everyone, <laughs> like dogs run this city. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm a person who um, can sympathize with wanting to disappear a dog for a little bit. But 24 hours on his birthday is excessive. Maybe his, just put them in on the backyard. <laughs> it's, it's excessive. It's I'm excessive. An- but no, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. I just I I'm I, I'm not particularly sympathetic to dogs, and I I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't. I would not laugh if Jax melted down over his dog. If I knew they were safe. If I knew they were safe. Yeah. But uh, Max was so sinister in that moment. Yeah. Like, that is, like, and I'm I'm a new-ish dog owner. Like, I've had a dog for, like, almost the last year. And so, before that, I was just, like, whatever. Like, dog, like, just kind of neither here nor there about dogs. I liked them, but I wasn't, like, I don't know. And now as a dog owner to hear someone suggest that, like if someone took my dog as a joke for 24 hours, I would never yeah, speak to them again time. and have them arrested. <laughs> but like, and, and also like, what an escalation. We went from like <laughs> toilet paper pranking. He didn't even say egg his house. He went from toilet paper to dog kidnapping. <laughs> like, Let's take a dog for 24 hours. Uh, I would be like, you're out of the friend group forever. Like, we cannot speak anymore. It's like, whoa, buddy. Like, there's levels. He went straight to dog napping. (laughs) (laughs) That was a glimpse into the inner workings of Max's mind. And then I was like, whoa, that's, like, so psychotic. I almost, like, respect that you're revealing that side of yourself on the show because, like, there's more to mine from here. Like it feels like a richer minefield than someone like Brett, who's just like, ugh, like makes me feel slimy. 
Yes. Brett makes me uncomfortable in my own body. And like Max makes me feel like he kills people if they're uncomfortable <laughs> in their bodies. Like, it's like, do you want me to cut you out of your skin? It's like, all right, Max. <laughs> He's like, let's cut off his finger and cook it up and feed it to him in a casserole. And you're just like, whoa. (laughs) It's like, what? He's like, let's catch, like, castrate kittens for fun. It's like, bro, relax. Let's kill his dogs and film it and put it on YouTube. You're just like, whoa, Max, are you okay, buddy? I bet if you like, you know that uh, true crime podcast, they always talk about the three signs of serial killers. I bet Max hits all three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bed, bed wedding, fire setting, <laughs> animal mutilation, uh, wanting to sleep with Dana, all serial killer behavior. <laughs> They end up TPing Jax's house, which they did a really like savage job with it. That looked like highly. I was like, that would really piss me off if I was Jax. I'm trying to figure out if it would piss me off. I think it would piss me off, but I would also know that my former best friend at this point, but my best friend of 10 years, if... A guy like Sandoval is my best friend of 10 years. I don't think that TPing my front lawn is going to make me angry. Yeah, He's been like a foolish prankster for a long time. But if I was fighting with, if I was fighting with my best friend and things were really like tense between us and then they went and TP'd my house like that, I would be like, what the fuck? Yes. That was the only moment that I've ever seen Tom Schwartz be self-aware. Yeah. <laughs> I was impressed. I was like, oh, yeah, he's emotionally intelligent somewhat. <laughs> and just like but sitting and mumbling imagine- by himself. <laughs> <laughs> but I also imagine that Jax called Tom Sandoval a cunt in Schwartz's phone five minutes before that. So maybe he had some, uh, some secret knowledge, you know. Yeah, some intel. When Sandoval was like, God, this feels so good, dude. <laughs> I was lolling. <laughs> he's he's. I don't know. I don't get why this. Some of the fandom thinks that Sandoval and Ariana are insufferable, and I quite like Sandoval. I don't think I've ever not liked Sandoval. And as annoying as he was in this five minutes on this episode, I still find him endlessly adorable and charming. Yeah, same. Like I'm just. I'm here for whatever they're bringing to the table. Like I'm kind of fascinated by them. And I I feel like I've always felt that way. Like I've never been a Sandoval hater. No. And I kind of, I kind of like how Sandoval, his best friend violated him over this whole wedding thing. When in fact, he did have a homophobic pastor coming to do their wedding and it was going to make all of them on the show look bad. Like, I know that the complaint about Sandoval in that situation is that, oh, he did it for the cameras, but it was good that he did it for the cameras because all of you would have looked horrendous on TV if you had this pastor go through with the wedding. And I don't think that Jax realizes that it was a bullet that Sandoval helped him dodge and that Jax would be so cruel to him and 
disrespectful and all that after Tom basically saved his ass and got fucking Lance Bass. I mean, say what you want about who Lance Bass has become. He's still an in-sinker. Like, that's a big deal, okay? So it's like, Sandoval had your back in that situation, even if you don't think you did. And you violated him, disrespected him so much. He let it roll off his back. He's still trying to be friends with you, still trying to have a jovial, loving relationship with you. Like, loosen up. It was cute. It was adorable. He's just trying to have a good time. He should clean it up, though. That's the thing that would piss me off. Yeah. And I also like, I just got uncomfortable when the gardener was there because I was just like, I had a feeling that that's the same gardener that's going to have to clean up the toilet paper. Clean it up. Yeah. Yeah. These are all a bunch of like well off people acting spoiled, but I didn't think that TPing the front tree was the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Just a minor the annoyance. Time- it was like, I'm sure it's like, what if it starts raining? I don't know. It's literally August. Like, don't worry about it, Schwartz. It's August in the valley, bruh. Like, <laughs> seriously, rain wouldn't have a shot. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. When Brittany gets home and she goes, what the hell? And then they have, like, all those kinds of, like, cheesy FaceTimes, like, trying to figure out who could have done it. And I'm just like, Ugh, can we not right now? Like, just move on. And also, like, honestly, do you think Stasi is going to your house in the valley to, to throw toilet tissue on a tree? I don't even like Stasi, and I know she's better than that. Come yeah. on. On a, like, 106-degree day, that's, like, what she's going to do with her time. Exactly. Please. <laughs> There's something more basic closer to home that she'd be glad to do. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, Brett and Sheena YouTube together and Brett continues to be the worst and he calls, he ends up, so they start the video and he goes with me today. She's a middle-aged woman. Before we even, before we even get to the actual video though, Sheena sits next to him, like scooches up next to him just so she's in the shot (laughs) and he's cheating her. He's cheating her like she has coronavirus. Like, he's like, you got to back up. We need six feet. Scoot your butt. If you hate her so much, why are you at her house? For for their YouTube collaboration. He needs her to, like, boost his own, like, YouTube. It's just, like, I'm... I don't understand what he gets out of... I mean, I do understand what he gets out of, like, being shitty to her. But I also am, like... Sheena sass back like stand up for yourself like I want to see Sheena like destroy him oh the problem is she's attracted to him so we're not gonna get that but the disrespect was really crazy like and he kept he kept insisting upon everybody being aware that she wasn't his fuck friend. They weren't hooking up because he's like, the homie, my guy friend. <laughs> Just like. I love. <laughs> She's a middle aged woman. <laughs> She's been around the block. What That is actually so rude. She's been married and divorced. Like, thank you also, so much for the is, introduction. <laughs> when is 34 middle aged? Truly. 
I'm sitting here. I'm 32. I'll be 33 this year. And I, I didn't know I was middle aged. I'm out here like I thought I was still, you know, in the beginning ages, you know, <laughs> what do you mean? Like, well, middle, middle age, age. like <laughs> I'm medieval right now. Is that what he's telling you? That it was. First of all, Sheena looks incredible. If I look anything like Sheena in my middle age, I'll be very happy. She's on track to JLo status. Honestly, we're talking about looking good for your age. Uh, it was alarming to find out that she does Botox as much as she does. I'm glad she admits it, but it was alarming to find out. Are people in their 30s Botoxing? Oh, absolutely. Sheena's been Botoxing since she was like 24. She started like prematurely Botoxing, I think, to fight aging. Is that horrible for you? It sounds like it would be horrible for you. I think that it can prevent wrinkles and like sagging, but I don't know if anyone knows like the long term effects of Botox because it is kind of just so new. So the long term effect of Botox is Sheena wanting to fuck Brett. That's the problem. (laughs) Stop Botoxing Sheena. It makes you think Brett is a good person. He asked her if she's a fuck girl, and I was just like, "What is a fuck girl? Like that's like not a thing. Does that just mean it's a not slut?" A thing. He thought he was. He thought he killed it, right? He thought he was so proud of himself. He was like, "I'm a guy, and like, wouldn't it be interesting to like accuse a woman of doing shitty things, guys like I do?" And like, fuck you, Brett. Seriously, you are the fuck boy. You're like, you're calling her old and washed up. You're implying she's thirsty. You're being so disrespectful. And you thought you were so clever flipping misogyny on its head to be misogynist. Like, what are you talking? Like, what are you talking? Why does he have anything? Get him off my TV. It's awful. And I love that Sheena is like, very upset and then she just goes straight to her phone she goes that's fine that's how you see me that's fine and i'm like sheena what are you even mad about like fuck girls aren't a thing like that's not a real thing it's it sucks so much because while i love sheena and her thirstiness and her deep insecurities and her desperation are quite entertaining and quite endearing it does really suck to see someone with such low self-esteem that she does give a fuck what a guy like brett thinks because she cares she she was so offended not just because it's a rude thing to say but because she doesn't want brett the guy brett to think so lowly of her and she i wish she would just know that brett is garbage and it doesn't matter what he thinks yeah same i hope that she has like a wake-up call eventually I hope that she watched this season and was like, oh, yeah, he's really not shit. And, you know, moves on like her her current boyfriend is fine as fuck. So she's all right. Yeah, she's doing okay. (laughs) She she was at my live show like she came out and I asked her, I was like, you're you weren't like ever really into Brett, were you? And then she went on like a long tangent about how they're like such good friends and she like really likes him as a friend. And I just was like, I hope that. I yearn for Sheena to get to the point where she cuts Brett out completely and realizes that he's not well, a friend. We've seen, we've seen this version of Sheena before. She had this same 
a slow realization about Katie and Stassi. They don't give a fuck about her. And she doesn't get self-esteem until they've already thrown her away. It's probably going to take Brett throwing her away, just like it took Rob throwing her away to for her to realize that she's better than them. Yeah. I pr- she'll get there one day. <laughs> when she's actually middle-aged. When she is middle-aged. Yeah. Give it 10 years. Uh, Lisa is talking to her beleaguered maid, Rosia, about her travel plans. And I think about Rosia a lot. In a long time. And she looks just as over Lisa as she did the last time we saw her. I'm obsessed with Rosia because she just sits there and truly is like, does not care about a word Lisa ever says to her, but then is paid. Like she basically, her job is like having to listen to the inner workings of Lisa's mind on a day-to-day basis. And it's like a very amazing relationship to behold. Well, it seems like Lisa has no self-awareness or a voice that teaches her to doubt herself. And so Rocio's like the physical manifestation of the self doubt Lisa would have if she were a normal person (laughs) just watching herself outside her body going you know this is ridiculous right (laughs) like and uh, Rocio also I was she was wearing a pink blouse today and I was like no Lisa might have finally worn her down (laughs) oh yeah you know that Lisa's like set a dress code for Rocio a uniform oh my god can you imagine if you were a housekeeper and your uniform was a frilly pink lisa pussy willow pussy (laughs) whatever top and you just sit there i hope rosia gets paid like six figures a year at this point she's earned it I was thinking that not only has she does she have to clean up that massive fucking house by herself and has to look after swans and and French horses with Ivy League degrees and like 10,000 puppies. She got to be if, if she's not getting 250,000, that's an abomination. Yeah, justice for Rosia. And then on top of all that cuz you know all Lisa's dogs like pee in the house and stuff. Like I feel yes, like they're not well, all like house trained. No, I don't get the sense that I don't I don't get the sense that Lisa is um <clears throat> easy to work for. <laughs> Nothing about uh Lisa seems easy, you know. Mm-mm. Uh Rocia looks like she's seen some stuff, you know. Yeah, she could like just based on like the extortion that Rosia could conduct on Lisa and Ken, I feel like it's in their best interest to make sure she's well paid. I would love to see Rocio have a like Bravo special where they do like behind the scenes and they just have did you ever watch Mexican Dynasties? No, I didn't. Was it good? I enjoyed it, but I don't think it's coming back. But on Mexican Dynasties, the the house workers had confessionals. And they would mock the people that they worked for. And I feel like... And they were good. I enjoyed them. And I think Rocio would have some of the best confessionals Bravo would, had ever seen. Oh, my God. I just got chills. What if, like, yeah. the Housewives of Beverly Hills started having that? <laughs> 
I would actually die. It would, it would be incredible. It would be incredible. Like, and I would love to see like Rocio's like office inside Villa Rosa. If she has one or whatever. And just how differently decorated it is from the rest of Lisa's tacky ass rich people house. I would love it. I would love it. I would love it. I would love it. And I'm sure Rocio manages a team. I can't imagine she's the only housekeeper on yeah. Lisa's staff. She's got They're, to be the like, head. But I wonder if she's living with Lisa and Ken right now. Probably. She's probably quarantined up there. You know, Lisa's not going to let the le- the, ho- the help go home. Of Mm-mm. course not. <laughs> the staff has of to course. stay. <laughs> Lisa starts dressing Puffy, who's like stiff as a board. And she's like, my little rescue boy. I like could watch her dress her hairless dogs all day. And which rescue dog is this now? Is this number 15? This is <laughs> like, like the which? second, I think, or I don't know which Pomeranian because I lost track of all the like Pomeranian. Yes. Is this, the, is this the fifth Jiggy clone? Like, what is this? Because I thought that she had a Pomeranian named Harrison for a while, but now it was Harrison renamed Puffy. I'm I thought Harrison was the name of one of the swans. What no, are we the doing? The swans are... Um, Oh my god, I used to know the swans' names, but now it escapes me. <laughs> it is embarrassing that yeah. <laughs> we ever committed the swans' names to memory, to be honest. <laughs> Might be good to just let that memory go. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I don't you have need, to remember the swans' names. <laughs> yeah, you need that precious space to remember things like bills and... Uh, <laughs> like, true, true. <laughs> The name of your city councilman. We don't need the name of the swan. <laughs> Meanwhile, White Kanye and Raquel are together. <laughs> and James goes, I guess like his dog Graham is biting on one of his shoes. And he goes, is that my Yeezy? And that just like <laughs> killed me. Sorry, I use like honestly, James epitomizes everything that I hate about a certain West Hollywood type, and I find it so adorable on him. I don't know why. He calls himself the white Kanye. He owns Yeezys. Like, what are we doing? And here I am rooting for him harder than I'm rooting for anybody else. I know. It's really like it's it shouldn't work, but it just works. It's like, like, honestly, he has his like big blue silly eyes and his ridiculous hair and his buzz light ear chin. And he's calling himself the white Kanye. Someone get me therapy about this. (laughs) Katie and Stassi are getting ready for Katie's wine night. And then Sheena calls Kristen, who's like cooped up in her house. It does like an exterior shot at Kristen's house. And the amount of boxes that were piled up on the front porch, I was like about to 5150 this girl because things are not well. I've been in a place of stacking the boxes and it's not like things aren't right when you're stacking a box like that. Hello, 911. There's a psycho with a bunch of boxes on her porch. You need to do a wellness check on Kristen Doty. Valley Village, so, newest resident. Um, I so 
did they mean to make her look so much poorer than the rest of them? Like, and I, and I, I don't know their finances and I don't particularly care, but Jax's home is absolutely gorgeous from the outside and on the inside. Cause they're actually furnished. And the outside of Tom's house is absolutely gorgeous. And it's a brand new house. And Kristen's house looks as depressed and depressing as her relationship with Carter. Like that's, crazy i see yeah i mean it didn't look very bright in there like it didn't seem like there's a lot of natural light going on in the house um i hope to see it once she's done like a full like once she's really fully moved in and settled in like i trust i hope that she looks like no love yeah it looks like no love lives there at all it actually did bring me down it was just like oh and your house is about to be as sad as you are <laughs> by the end of this phone call. Like it's, it didn't look, it just made, I'm, uh, I'm really sad for Kristen this season. She's a terrible human, but she's my favorite terrible human on this show. And um, it just looks, ugh, it's terrible. She looks so sad. Yeah. Things are really depressing. She also had like this dying fiddle leaf fig like in a corner that had three leaves left on it and i was like i can't actually handle looking at this sad plant anymore you gotta get it out of here seriously like what do the do they have a talk space account something for this girl (laughs) too much i'm like can you open a door open a window let's get some fresh air in here also, that terrible yellow light. We can't do that terrible yellow light in her house. We yeah. can't do it. That's depression lighting. We it's need bad lighting. Something. The hair was not like very voluminous. Like things were no. just off. And then to make it matters worse, then you have Sheena calling you to tell you that she's invited to a party you're not invited to, which is truly the icing on the kill yourself cake. <laughs> <laughs> A wine party that is your business. (laughs) Not only did she call you to tell you that you weren't invited to a party that she was going to, everybody was invited to this party. And the only reason that the person who hates you, Lisa, isn't there is because her mom's dead. Otherwise, she'd be there too. I'm like, Sheena, read the room. <laughs> yeah, Sheena, please. There's no tact when it comes to Sheena. She's there to just tell it like it is. <laughs> well, Lisa's not going, but that's because her mom's funeral's happening. I'm sure she'd be going. <laughs> I'm like, no, Lisa has never gone to anything like that. You didn't need to rub that one in. <laughs> no, Sheena. Lisa. <laughs> Lisa would not lower herself to a place of like wine and cheese night with the girls. No, no, it was, it was a start. I was like, damn, Sheena, this is what Brett is shitting on this version of Sheena right here. I was like, Ooh, that is some salt in the womb for your ass. It was terrible. It's a really hurtful. And then everyone shows up to wine night and the fashions are pretty amazing. Raquel dressed to the nines. She put on a fluffy First, pink okay. top. She looks great. She looked great. She was giving me Lala season five teas mm-hmm. in that look. The hair, 
the um the makeup like everything about her looked like the lala i used to love in a great way like i was not that raquel's a copier there's not very much style diversity in west hollywood amongst blondes but she was giving me she made me affectionate for her her look and i liked her look last week when she went to that uh fake sit down with Lala. I'm, yeah. I'm digging Raquel's looks lately. She's, she's adorable. She's, she's a, adorable. She's, a, she's so sweet. She's is doing, she's leaning into like a little Bo Peep aesthetic that I think really works <laughs> for her. <laughs> and she's also like, what a delightful guest. Like these girls have been said the meanest things about you. You come into their house and they're like, would you like some wine? And then you're nice enough to be like, I want to try the Witches of WeHo wine. Like, no one wants to try that wine. I can tell you with just taking <laughs> one look at that wine. That <laughs> yeah, it is this probably one of the shittiest wines you'll ever drink. Like, just look at the source. Consider the source. But Raquel, a true sweetheart, is like going to try the wine to be like a gracious and beautiful guest. But here's the thing. I... I'm I'm I I'm not all the way sold on Raquel because I cannot imagine being in a serious relationship with James Kennedy and not being an asshole of some sort. You got to be to put up with James. You got to be terrible. I don't know. I think that it's a mutually I think that they it's a mutually beneficial arrangement. I don't even think like when she when she showed up, like, was, like, got out of bed and had her pony and, like, her pajamas on, I felt to me, I was, like, did she even sleep there last night or did she, like, come over and change into this outfit to, like, film this scene? There was nothing wrinkled on that pajama. <laughs> nothing. Yeah, it's just, like, I don't think you, I don't know about this. She had just ordered it off of ASOS and walked in after opening the package, like, mm. girl. 
But you know what can help when it comes to obsessive, intrusive thoughts about the passage of time and mortality and the fact that all of our dogs will die someday? What? Therapy. Oh, I've been in therapy since my mid-20s, and it's been an on and off thing. Sometimes I'm in it, sometimes I'm not, but I always feel better when I'm consistently going to therapy. I think it's probably the most important thing you can do for yourself if you can do it. I agree 100%. I've had pretty radical life changes over the past five to 10 years. And a huge part of that has been thanks to finding a therapist and working with a therapist regularly to like help me break some negative patterns, negative thought processes, and overall become a a version of myself that I really love. Also, the past five years has been extremely chaotic and destabilizing for so many of us. I think therapy is even more vital now than it's ever been for everyone in the history of time. (laughs) (laughs) If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash SexyUnique today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash SexyUnique. Sheena arrives and she's not as dressed up as all the other girls and she's still reeling from being called middle-aged and I honestly can't blame her for that. (laughs) (laughs) She looked beautiful though. Yeah, she looks, she's never looked better. I think all the girls are kind of like hitting their stride. Like the the fillers have calmed down a little bit and like (laughs) they're all looking pretty great. I need, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just gonna say I'm sad that we have not gotten to see like more of Danica in this episode. Oh, no, I'm good on Danica. I don't need Danica. (laughs) I don't need Danica for anything. I need Danica to try and ruin people's relationships. And that's it. I don't need anything else from Danica. Why do I like love Danica? I trust her. Like, I think that she's like gets the job done. She is a producer's dream. Oh, I think I saw your not actual boyfriend talking to a girl who's not his girlfriend. Go start some drama. I love Danica for that, but I don't need her for like fashions or actual girl bonding. I don't, I need her as a a chaotic force of nature and nothing else. (laughs) Like, for some reason, I feel like if you had Danica in charge of, like, COVID relief, she would really be able to, like, get a handle on things. Like, she has, like, a manager's energy that works for Exactly. She has such, this is, there's some fuck shit going on and we got to talk about it energy. And I love it. I love it. I want her on the COVID task force. I want her on the Hurricane Maria task force. I want her on every disaster relief situation. Okay. I need her White House briefings. (laughs) (laughs) 
Every morning, it's like, uh, yes, Max was putting his dick in this girl behind Dana's back. James was sleeping with this girl. This is all I need Danica for. I need her to run down the tea and ruin everybody's lives for the show. That's what we need. That's what we need her for. (laughs) I don't want her to be nice with these people. No. I know. And it also feels like it did feel a little bit more organic, like the mixing of the new and old cast members. But like, it's uh, like, I don't know. It feels wrong when Stassi and Katie aren't hating like a younger, hotter girl. Yeah. And I think like, that's why we need to move on from them. And that sounds insane to say because we've been with them for eight years at this point. Oh, yuck. I need a life. Um, but you and me, like, both. like you're telling me, <laughs> like, <laughs> this is my life. <laughs> my sister is like quarantining with me and she's not a big, like reality TV person. And so I've been trying to like go back in history and tell her about the Stassi slapping Kristen because Kristen slept with Jackson lied about it incident. And I really have been with these people far too long, but um, I don't like the two tier kind of thing on the show because um, I, I don't really like the newbies that much. I do not enjoy Dana and um, I don't enjoy Max, obviously, and I really hate Brett. I don't like saying hate about these people. That's not true. I don't enjoy Brett either. But I think that I might enjoy Dana and I might enjoy even Max a little more if it felt like there wasn't a better show that was also airing in the same hour. It's like, it's like, why are you making me watch this like bum version of a show that we're already getting? And so like the two tier nature of the show at this point, I think is a disservice to them. I think Sheena trying to mesh and intermingle with them is a good idea. And I kind of wish they would follow that storyline a little more rather than like um, off like irrelevant fights that like Stasi is having with Kristen. It's just like, well, let's let's you have to make me invested in these people so that I can invest in them emotionally. I'm never going to give a shit about Dana and Max. If you don't show me Dana and Max, and if you don't present them in a way that makes me feel like they're valuable. Yeah, totally. I feel like Dana is like a, she could really come through, but she's just so tightly wound about how she comes off that. It's yeah. Like, she's so curated. She has yeah. This show, she has watched this show. Even in the previews, when they show that she's gonna start hooking up with Brett, and I was like, "Ugh, that's such a calculation there too." That's the problem with this. Like, you're not gonna get, you're not gonna cast people in West Hollywood who've seen Vanderpump Rules who aren't gonna be trying to do their version of Vanderpump Rules, like intellectually aware. There's nothing honest about the uh new cast except charlie to me yeah charlie is a real mvp and yeah rookie (laughs) of the year truly when so when raquel also like it was revealed which i was like what that raquel doesn't know how to open wine bottles and she like doesn't (laughs) like doing it and i'm like well part of me is like well then how the fuck do you have a job at sir but actually that tracks perfectly for having a job at sir (laughs) (laughs) how many like 
I I have not gone back to serve since um, I went. My friends surprised me when I first moved to L.A. Um, by taking me to serve. They were like, oh, Rafa, we're just going to go get drinks and talk shit. And then they were like, surprise, and led me into a seat in the backyard of Sir. <laughs> and the food was horrible. The drinks were oversweet, and it was the best night of my life. But... Um, they, uh, <laughs> the, I ordered some pasta. I can't remember what it was, but different noodles were in my pasta than the noodles that I ordered. Like it was just like one of those, you know, cartwheel, um, macaroni that no. comes in those like, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it was, you know, those little kid pasta, like crafts specials or whatever they just put cartwheel pasta like wagon wheel pasta in my penne and I've never been back so yes uh Raquel not knowing how to open a wine bottle tracks (laughs) (laughs) then Lala starts coming for her and she tells well she tells Sheena outside she's like people like Raquel need to stay in their lane and Raquel's lucky to be graced with my presence and I'm just like whoa and how did you come to this conclusion pray tell like she smashed an old gross dude I like look Rand doesn't seem all that bad and um I actually find him amusing except for in this episode, which we'll obviously get to, but like Rand isn't a catch. Like what? Like she's walking around like she bagged like Travis Kelsey or something like this. Like what? Lala, you're smashing an old producer. It is the oldest game in the book. What is your place? Your place is up under someone gross. Like, what are you so hype about? Calm down. I know. And it's like, you would not even be in this situation, like feeling yourself to this level, were it not for your boyfriend and all the trappings that come with like his own money and fame. And also you can't like just buy private, you can't just like hire a private jet whenever you want. Yes. You are asking somebody for permission to do everything. You are not a boss. Calm down. And, And two, like, the only reason Lala's even relevant is because the boyfriend of this girl that you're trashing was the only motherfucker who would film with you. Yeah, true. And who helped you get to the place that you are now on the show. Yes. If, if when all those people were mean to all these people that she's flexing for and showing out for that, she had to beg for friendship by putting them on private jets. She wouldn't have them if not James. So calm down, like be respectful. You're a pretty girl and you're funny sometimes. And that's where it ends. Like this whole know your place, know your place. What is this like social status, weird, like social order thing? You have literally become everything you said you stood against and it's disgusting to watch. Yeah. And also like know your place. You're on Vanderpump rules. Like know your place. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, like. The the the, mo- the most beautiful set on the show is a dumpster in an alley behind a bad <laughs> restaurant. Calm the fuck down. Yeah, please. And then Raquel says, if we don't all agree she's a bully, we can all agree that she's a bitch. And I love it when Raquel stands up for herself because it's like, I never thought I would see the day where Raquel found her voice. But like, yes, and who 
Whoever is the black gay friend who wrote that line for her, girl, thank you. Pay pay her well, whatever, her. because that was that was so good. It was such good writing. I was and well delivered. Look at you, Raquel, trying to turn this show into an acting opportunity. Yes, girl, I live. <laughs> and then Lala goes. Raquel's like, if you cared about James and Lala goes, I set up studio sessions because he thrives in the studio. And I was like, <laughs> I need that is truly everything I want. And I'm like, I'm feeling robbed of seeing these studio sessions because like we've seen maybe oh, like no. one this season or something. And also like, <laughs> I love like Lala, like JLo over here setting up studio sessions. Like she's like Beyonce or something. I was like, set up studio sessions. Like it's also not that hard to do. Like you pay it's, to exactly. rent a studio. I'm like, do you have PayPal? Can you put a deposit on PayPal? Girl, James could do that for himself. Like <laughs> what? We seen you in the studio and they were terrible sessions. Like, yes, you said that's precisely why you don't care about James. Cause you gave him those terrible studio sessions. That's how we know. <laughs> and then Charlie thinks that Lala still likes James, which I was like, yes, queen. I agree in full. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or if she doesn't like James, in romantically anymore she's certainly resentful of how easily replaced she was and james was with raquel before she was with rand right um i don't actually i don't think so because i think lala came into the show dating rand but he was just like nameless for a couple seasons like their relationship might have been on and off but it, it was like oh, okay. she's dating a married guy but we don't know who it is like blah, blah, blah. oh right but that was after she and james had hooked up i i can't remember if james had no 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 it was she got with rand before james was with raquel because i remember that incident at uh rob and sheena's guest or, or vacation house or their cabin house or whatever yeah. where he so verbally abusive Lala because he was jealous about Rand. Mm -hmm. So yeah, but uh like it seems to me that Raquel is a threat to Lala and she's not responding well. Because she wanted to have these fights with James. She just keeps fighting James's girlfriend. Go fight James. That's the one who betrayed that's the one whose relationship with you is precarious. If you're worried about his sobriety, why are you fighting with his girl? Yeah, and also it's like it's weird to see someone get this gassed up and like fighting, like just like verbally sparring with someone that's sober. Like it's like you're you're sober right now. You're acting exactly how yes. you acted when you were drunk. Like you're the same. Yes, it's like you're I, the same person with the same anger, and you actually are like so mad. You're not even making sense. Yes, and I I was very alarmed by that because um, <clears throat> I don't know much about AA, but I do understand that it has a very like spiritual sort of religious um, drive through the program. And for someone to not be like grounded and self aware and spiritual, it didn't it didn't seem in line with everything she's telling us that her principles are. Yeah. And she's like, I'm a Michael Vick fighting dog. I was like, what? 
<laughs> well, uh, okay, so you're gonna die? I like. I was like, what, what did we want that analogy for? Do you get people sent to prison? Like, what was this? <laughs> yeah, you're an abused animal that like I, is traumatized get, and will take years yeah. to recover. I don't understand. <laughs> I, I was like. You get killed by other dogs? Like, what is happening? What is this analogy here? <laughs> I was with Brittany when Brittany goes, y'all scare me. <laughs> and then Ariana's... <laughs> Lala doesn't scare me. Lala doesn't scare me because Lala don't talk like that to people who can fight back. That's true. Lala has never talked to Stasi like that. Has never talked to Katie like that. Has barely talked to Jax like that. Like, calm down, Lala. You are not lit. And, like, you know that Raquel's not going to yell. Raquel's not going to fight you. But honestly, if I were Raquel, Lala would have got at least, like, cussed out in her face. We would have got nose to nose. We would have been, there would, there would not have been a respectable six feet COVID distance between us. Like, we would have been in each other's face. So disrespectful. So disrespectful. Crazy. Yeah, insane. And Ariana's face, like, watching Lala talk to Raquel was so real. Like, in that moment, I don't yeah. know if you caught that. She like, was, like, so sad like, and just, like, concerned. She also was, like, kind of giving a, bitch, what are you talking about, too? It was just, like, you've become lame. Like, it was, it was, it was severe disappointment to some degree. It was just kind of, like... Look at who you are now. This is corny. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then and, Lala... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. And Stassi even was looking at her like, bitch, you bugging. Yeah. When Stassi's like, can admit that you're in the wrong, you know that you're actually like probably in the wrong. Definitely. And it was just kind of... But the problem is that when Stassi said, you know... I don't get what's going on. Raquel had asked her because she saw Stassi's face and Raquel goes, uh, Stassi, what are you thinking right now? And that's the problem. The problem is the deference to these people who are never going to treat you as an equal. You're always going to run into this. It's a Sheena problem. It's a Raquel problem. They are always looking for validation in these people who will never respect them. It's yeah. sad. And the only reason that they respect Lala and the only reason that Stassi can sit in a talking head and be like, Lala's my girl is because she bought their respect. Bought their friendship. Yeah. Like even watching Ran and Jax, like the desperation. If I were worth a couple tens, like tens of millions of dollars, I'm not sitting next to Jax on Vanderpump Rules. No, no, absolutely not. If I've made hundreds of films, like Lala said, if I could, like, commission a private jet to take me to Dubai, I am not getting on TV and talking to Jax, Jason, Couchy. <laughs> Wait, the Lala fully, like, was talking gibberish when she ended that fight. She goes, don't project on me what you reflect. That's not going to happen. I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> I like. I've been mean, trying to consider I, what it means. <laughs> that is not how the laws of physics works. Like light does not project and also reflect at the same time. I can't. I don't. 
How are we doing? Like, what kind of projectors have you been watching? What kind of lamps do you have in your house? What mirrors? I don't understand what's happening here. No, it's complete nonsense. And what was she even mad about? That's actually a great question because I don't think I even fully know. She was saying, so she basically, because if I remember correctly, she said that she oh she heard that Raquel was proud of telling her that she said shut the fuck up. Like apparently Raquel was retelling the story of their mini fight to other people. And it's like, so I don't get to talk about an incident that happened with me. You're mad that I'm talking about some shit I said to you. You also you created the situation. Yeah, you came up to me at a party after we had like squashed all of our beef and then proceeded to question my boyfriend's sobriety and then also insinuate that he like low key fucked another guy and you're bringing that right, back up like, which you know is a soft spot so like yes i'll tell you yes, to shut the you fuck up implied that my my boyfriend's closeted and that he continues to fuck around on me or has fucked around on me and you said that his sobriety was fake like yeah you're a dickhead Lala like that's just what the truth is and you can't be mad that a girl's going around telling people you're a dickhead if you're a dickhead if you don't want people to tell people that you're a dickhead don't be a dickhead amen Raquel drops James at his AA meeting and then James has come to kind of a chic realization where he was like I thought of it as a problem meeting but it's like a solution meeting and I was like (laughs) good for you look at you growing up (laughs) He's he's so ador- I find him so adorable. I'm really rooting for him. I root for him too. I think he can make it out of this like dark point and then be back on top. Hopefully like next season I just want things to get like shaken up and then next season for James yeah. to like be back and then we just need it something's got to give. I think we need to uh we need to move on from Stassi, Bo, Jax, Brittany, uh, Katie, although you can't really have Tom without Katie, but I think you need to move on from them. I think you need to sort of position Tom and Tom as the mentors, the way Lisa was to those guys at Sir, at Sir in the early seasons, and then sort of lean into the new cast while also for all of us who still will feel nostalgic or want some bridge to the old world of Vanderpump Rules, keep Sheena James around at Sir so that now we're focusing on the two restaurants, but it's Tom Tom and Sir. And all those, uh, all those people who don't work in those two venues don't have a place on the show anymore. Yeah, I was just thinking as you were talking to like, I would watch a show that was like, focused on Katie, Stassi and Brittany, like being married and have trying to have babies together. No, never. No, 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 zero, never. (laughs) No, not at all. Not even a little bit. Are you crazy? We would have to hear Jax all the time. All the time. No. I just feel like there no. could, I feel like there's gonna be some sort of like issue. Like I I'm just rooting basically I just wanna watch a show about like the demise of all their relationships. <laughs> and I feel we certain really, that we could get there. 
We really need a Katie and Tom breakup show. Like, we need it. We Not, need it. We need Katie to get divorced from Tom Schwartz. Like, that They're would not be... even married. We just need her to move out. That ain't your husband, Katie. Move out. Yeah. And, like, imagine how amazing that would be if, like, they broke they broke up and then next season is, like, Katie's single for the first time and we really get, like, to be with her on that journey. I think that would be awesome. I really, really do. And it's because – so I – we're not there, obviously, but I've – I don't hate Schwartz and I actually find him very, very attractive. It makes me so mad that I think he's so cute. But since orange hair Katie season, I thought he was a major dickhead, a gaslighting, foul mouth, emotionally abusive dickhead. And I'm not saying that Katie's a good person. She's obviously a mean girl and has demonstrated her inability to be kind for about eight years at this point. But I would love to see who she would be if she didn't have the weight of a husband who obviously hates her and she obviously has resentment for. I would love to see the light Katie that became friends with Stassi or became friends with Kristen that Lisa has deep affection for Katie. So there's obviously a good person somewhere in there. I want to meet her. Yeah. And I think that like, I feel bad because after watching this episode like i've like ragged on katie like hardcore on this podcast and like beyond but really this episode me i was like she's in an abusive relationship like this guy is like that's like verbal abuse to sit there and berate someone and call them an idiot and like trash them for not having sex with you in front of all your friends and like i mean let's not forget that it's been also in front of a camera crew for eight years and also her resignation, she didn't even argue. That's no, she's a, like, I'm not even he, mad at you if you feel this way. It's just like, oh, my God, no. She's worn down. She has accepted her fate. And that was, like, too much for me. And also, like, this is going to probably be blasphemous. But I, Katie, I don't love Katie, but Katie is my favorite type of reality tv personality it's someone who has a point but they be arguing wrong like they're right about what they're saying they never get that point they're so loathsome in how they convey that they never uh no one's ever on their side and katie has been that for eight years she never doesn't make sense she's usually right about her assessments and her relationships with people she just is so loathsome in how she carries out her plan or she acts on her beliefs that she's awful But when Katie says Tom is the dickhead in their marriage and when Kristen agrees, they're both right. Yeah. And also, like, what's crazy is that Schwartz is the kind of person or their relationship is the kind of dynamic where, like, for years we've skated by thinking that Katie's the problem. And that's, like, how manipulative and kind of abusive he is, is to that it would come across that, like, she's actually, like, the worst one. Yeah, I mean, the, it was, for me, though, it's been astonishing how we've watched this man cheat on that woman every season. Literally every single season. I think this is the first season we didn't get a mysterious makeout or a disappearing blackout night the first time. And suddenly everyone 
like the man had been cheating on her her whole tenure on the show and we kept saying that she was the bad guy misogyny from the audience as well as the dynamic on the show oh yeah totally 100 percent. yeah and i'm like and i feel like i'm totally guilty of it too and it's hard it's hard to it's hard to have to come to this realization but like like tequila like tequila katie only showed up because she was miserable in her relationship remember Mm -hmm. it was just like oh yeah tom is horrendous let me get blackout drunk and rage text all my friends yeah a person who is happy, <laughs> yes a person who is happy does not rage text her friends no and the reason that she can really look at Kristen, and i think the reason that she is so yes. resentful of Kristen is because she, Kristen is getting out of this relationship but and I think the relationship oh. is probably very similar vibes to her I, and Tom's I relationship. Think she's resentful of Kristen because Kristen can leave mm-hmm. and she won't. And I think Katie's in too deep. I, I wonder if she feels stuck because she had been with that guy for what, at least 10 years? They'd got, was it 10 years at that point? So you're in a relationship, your lives are intertwined, your businesses, your finances, they're all together. There's no escape at this point. But Kristen is the breadwinner, so she could get rid of Carter anytime she wants. Katie is resentful of Kristen because Kristen can do something about it and she chooses not to. Yeah, totally. And also, I think Katie is facing a real devil's bargain because if she were to leave Tom Schwartz, they would have to document like that entire, they would have to live out that whole narrative in the public eye. And so in the public eye and, and she would literally lose all of her friends and everything that's valuable to her. Now I'm sure mm-hmm. she and Stasi would stay friends and I'm sure, no, I don't think she and Sheena would stay friends, but she would lose the life and everything that matters to her. A divorce from Tom Sandoval, uh, Tom Schwartz means no more access to anything Vanderpump or Pump Rules related. And she would lose their whole friend group. And she also doesn't have a side hustle that other people on the show do. Yeah, so she, she doesn't have a fallback plan. Yep. There's it's too the stakes are too high for her to leave. And so I think that's why she's resentful of Kristen, because Kristen does have the same stakes. Oh, I feel bad for her. Yeah, I do, too. It sucks. But anyway, let's keep talking about the show in a fun way. Yes. Jax's party (laughs) at Rocco's where he shows up. He clearly had leftover wedding coke um, to (laughs) use. (laughs) He's wearing that wig, which Looks kind of good on him. Is that Rocco guy like a friend of the show? How disrespectful to shoot at a venue across the street from your castmates and your boss's like venue, right? Well, I think Rocco's is owned by Lance Bass. And so the cast is there a lot. And I think Jax might be like an investor in Rocco's or something. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, there's some sort of connection there. Like, I'm pretty sure. Okay, I've been to Rocco's, I think, Wasted once. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you been? Did you enjoy it? I've been there. They were having a karaoke night, and I went there to meet some friends, and Sandoval was there singing, just like singing his heart out on karaoke. <laughs> 
doesn't he seem like a too serious karaoke -er? he's a too serious he's very serious like he's giving it his all (laughs) i mean he kind of like ends up just bogarting the stage and like singing all the songs um but it was delightful (laughs) and i had some good i ordered french fries and they were pretty good they were pretty good the food at tom tom is excellent the, have you tried the cauliflower wings at Tom Tom? Of course Tom? I did. Yeah, of those are, I, I did. crave those. So good. It's astonishing. I'm like, Lisa, if you've been capable of serving good food this whole time, why do you keep serving dog food at Sir? What is this? I don't get it either. And also, like, I just need to point out that earlier in the episode, there's when Jackson Brittany's house is getting teepeed, it shows them going for like Jax's birthday lunch at Villa Blanca, which I was yeah, like, I was like why forgot going, even like, existed. And then also it was empty. It exi- it, I forgot it existed. And he was so excited to get fish and chips. <laughs> I can't imagine a worse place to get fish and chips from than empty ass oh, Villa Blanca so that no one goes to anymore. Where is Villa Blanca? It's in Beverly Hills. It's like on can no, it's not on Cannon. It's on Brighton. Um and it's almost like Brighton and Beverly Drive, but I think Is it Villa- open take out? Do you think that I could get Villa Blanca takeout? Do you really COVID- How much do you hate yourself? Because it's a real question <laughs> of that. <laughs> You know, I want some, I want to be someone's wife. You know, I've been a mistress at Sir. It's time for me to be someone's wife at Villa Blanca. Blanca. Yeah. Villa Blanca. <laughs> I think she's, Lisa and Ken have been trying to sell Villa Blanca for years and no one's buying. Yes. It, it's, sounds horrendous it it doesn't seem horrendous even the way britney dressed to go there i was like (laughs) oh yeah you got matronly to go to this matronly (laughs) restaurant yeah there's nothing great about villa blanca it's time has come and gone it's all about tom tom now (laughs) yes tom tom i'm embarrassed by how much i loved it i loved it so I know I really miss it and also I think that it's totally closed during COVID so you can't even like support the local your local businesses by going (laughs) and getting like takeout cauliflower wings no Uh, what won't COVID take from us (laughs) oh my it won't take Villa Blanca apparently (laughs) thriving it should be permanently closed Oh, Jack Blanca doesn't recover from from coronavirus. Yeah, please. If, the, if that's one thing that happens, then it might have all been worth it in the end. <laughs> Jack says he's a huge '80s buff. That's just my decade. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's because Jax was thirty in the '80s. He remembers <laughs> it well. He sure does. Sandoval gets him a samurai sword signed by Randy Jackson, which I was like, this is actually the really very sweet and thoughtful gift. Yes. What a lovely friend. Truly. What a lovely friend. It is astonishing to see the difference in their confessionals as well. Like Jax is seething with jealousy and resentment. Even back then when they're shooting this and this guy, like I don't, I don't know. Is Tom that dense that he doesn't realize Jax hates him? 
I think he realizes it, but he and he kind of knows how to play it in his own talking head interviews where it's like yeah. he seems more like kind of the nice guy and like Jack's he, he knows how to make Jack's look like even more of an asshole. Right. But like, I'm here Sandoval's for a clever boy and all of that. But it, like I on even if it's a calculated gesture, it was a very sweet one. And uh I, I just, it was so, and then, you know, when they're like, and what did Jax get you for your birthday? And he just looks confused. Like, oh, I guess he did. That really made me sad for him. I know. But what made me happy, I was like, God, these people have come so far. Because Sandoval's like, through a friend, I was able to get a hold of Randy Jackson's assistant. Yes. With a sword. <laughs> and it showed the picture. And I was like, God, they've made it. Like, their dreams they are coming it. true. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was astonished. I was like, wow. Now, Randy Jackson isn't um, that isn't what I would call a list. No, but good for <laughs> But yeah, no, it feels Sam. right. It feels like a good level to get to. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Schwartz gets Jacks a f- like a fle- I want to say it's a fleshlight foot, but it's just a foot with a vagina on it. Oh, I so there's no light. It's just flesh. <laughs> it's just a flesh. It's a foot that you can fuck. You just stick your dick right through the ankle, I guess, uh, or into it. And my thing was, uh, now I don't have a boyfriend, and I certainly don't have a husband. But I would never marry anybody who uh, my, my our friends could correctly describe as wanting to fuck a rubber foot. Like, this would never have happened. I was like, this is a really thoughtful gift because there, Jax is 1000% going to like use that a lot. No, he's gonna fuck it. He's gonna wait till Brittany goes over to another girl's night at Katie's house and he's going to fuck the shit out of that foot. Yeah, it's a great. <laughs> Jax looked at it and he goes, he goes, there's a vagina on the end of this. I was like, Jax, he can't even like speak in actual sentences because he's just so excited to fuck that butt. (laughs) Or Tom's like, I'm on some kind of list for this. And I'm like, yeah, they check you. you (laughs) I loved you that the vagina on the foot was blurred out. Like it's too explicit (laughs) to be even shown on Hulu. I was dying. Seriously, I saw that thing and I just started looking at my own foot and I'm like, ugh, I've never thought about it that way. But no. suddenly, ugh, it's literally the definition of pussyfooting around. It Put is. <laughs> I apologize. That's disgusting. No, that was, it was good. It was good. Kristen shows up and she's seeming pretty manic uh, coming off of the heels of a, being not invited to wine night. And (laughs) (laughs) she sidebars with Brittany and she says like, they kind of have like a moment where Brittany's like, it was weird that you weren't there. And then Kristen's like, I just don't know their side or where they're coming from. And it cuts to Carter just lurking at the party. And I was just like, no, (laughs) please. That's that's where they're coming from. (laughs) So like, um, Carter is, um. Hmm. Um. Carter is what Max will be in two seasons. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to say because it's like I feel like we don't 
know Carter that well. Like we, it's Do you weird want to, to me. know Carter? I don't necessarily want to, but I would have liked to see more of him and Kristen's relationship dynamic because it feels like something that just I got think- glossed over and we like never got to like get a full like scope of what their relationship is. I feel like though the the few scenes we've gotten this season and a scene that we got was it was it last was it last season or the season before it's my favorite Kristen Doty scene besides her smacking James in the parking lot. But there was that scene where she's on crutches and she's like hobbling out yes. of her <laughs> through the kitchen. And like Carter like fake dumps her, but doesn't follow her out or help her even as she's on these crutches. And that told me everything I needed to know about him. Yeah. He's the, he's not good enough for Doty. And that's saying a lot because Kristen ain't d- good enough for herself, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, that you would see this girl that you're living off of hobble out of a restaurant on camera and just leave her there while you're drinking told me everything. He's a leech. He's garbage. Yeah, he's a bad guy. And just, like, comes off looking like a real creep every time. And production, and- I think, knows it, too. Like, they play into it totally. And my thing is, like, I'm a very prideful person and obviously a prideful person would not go on a show like Vanderpump Rules, but I am too proud a person to have seen how they edited me and uh, showed me and made me look the first season that I was on the show to then continue to come back and play the same dirtbag role. Like he's not embarrassed that he looks like a bum. That's disgusting. Yeah. Well, none of them are very embarrassed by anything. Like, I cannot believe that Kristen, after season two, came, and season three even, came back for more. (laughs) (laughs) But I can kind of get that, because it's like, all your friends are on this show. You are one of the founding cast. You drove most of the main storyline. Like, let's be honest. This show wouldn't be the powerhouse that it has become without one Kristen Doty. She's responsible for James. She's responsible for Tom and Ariana. She's even responsible for the fallout of Jackson Stasi. Like, I can understand why that Kristen came back to the show. But the yeah. shell of the Kristen that we once had, the Kristen who is being sucked by dry by Carter and being hated by all of her friends is not the person who should come back. And the fact that Carter has, doesn't have the wherewithal to discover that he looks not, he doesn't even just like all of these people look insane, but he looks even worse than they. He's crazy. He's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Cause like also what, like, don't you want to date like, someone in the future? <laughs> like, you're you're continual lurking in the background looking like a leech is like not doing you any favors for like future prospects he doesn't want to date he doesn't want to date anyone in the future he wants Kristen's money the end randall corners jacks and tells him that his birthday gift is revenge on tom sandoval what a fucking dweeb. Rand is a fucking dweeb. You are so excited to, like, again, if I had tens of millions of dollars, I would not be talking to Jason Couchy in a 80s crimped wig. What the fuck are you doing? I'm just like, how long is this relationship going to last? Because it's not, it's not 
it's not built for a long lasting friendship. No, it's, it's for when 50, when 50 cent gets paid back all the money he's owed and Rand has nothing left over to put Jack's on private jets. That's going to be the end of that relationship. Yeah. It's transactional. As is Lala's relationship with all these people, very transactional. You would think that Lala, of all people, would be somebody who would see through that. But, it, you know, she's become a different person. She's lost. Yeah, she's blinded by, I guess, just like her man. I'm like, really, it's really shocking that she's turned into the person that she's turned into. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually really astonished. And like Rand actually doesn't seem like that bad a guy, but he he's is kind very of fun. He seems like a fun, he's kind of fun, but yeah. he also very like wasn't popular in high school and he's working that issue out right now. And it's very, very embarrassing to watch. Yeah. I mean, they're like kind of like a budget couple, like they're the C plus version of like an A plus couple like that. Yeah. The actually chic producer and his like trophy girlfriend yeah exactly it's really would never really, ever be on a show like the Underpump World. i'm actually gonna google where rand is from right now because what's his last name emmett there emmett. we go i think he started what? as mark Wahlberg's assistant yeah oh born to a jewish family in miami but he gives me very like east coast like north yes there we go personal assistant to mark Wahlberg. he's a third bucket he was he was like turtle the inspiration for turtle in entourage oh okay because okay. he give me like very um thirsty northeast guy but like miami makes sense mm-hmm. i'm clear on who he is now <laughs> <laughs> Tom and Ariana host the after party for Jax's like day drinking. And I, these, the liquor that they choose to drink on the show chills me to my core. I have not had Jaeger since I was a teenager and would like drink it and black out. Honestly, if you have to, if the only way that anybody knows how to drink something is to bomb it, you're too old. You're too old. (laughs) Sandoval goes, I know we've all had a long day, but here's some upper shots. Like, I don't ever want to take an upper shot. Upper shot. Seriously. And what's in it? Is there a speedball in the bottom of that shot glass? What do you mean upper shots? Oof. Jaeger gives me truly the chills. I can smell it. Like phantom smell it. It smells so disgusting. It tastes disgusting. It smells disgusting. It's filthy. Ugh. Ugh. And then the prank ensues where, okay, so Randall calls the cops, fake actor cops, to come and arrest Sandoval. And so the cops, like, show up, walk into his house, and then handcuff him. Absurd. Absurd. I, I, I was really, like, I'm not offended by it, but I really, really, really hated this prank. First of all, I just hate pranks in general. Like, there is nothing funny about inconveniencing me greatly. I will fuck you up, okay? Don't TP my house. (laughs) Don't call fake cops. Do not. No. Uh, Generally speaking, I hate pranks, but I found this one to be so tasteless. I saw, I like, so tasteless. And... 
I'm a black woman, obviously, and none of these people are. They had faith for five minutes and couldn't figure out how to treat her decently. So this show already has a problem with people of color to begin with, but it is so dense and tasteless and tone deaf to be in this particular political climate. Um, for Jax to have just come off this incident with this like homophobic pastor that Tom had to like convince him was a bad look. And to further that you have these like super wealthy, like Hollywood types weaponizing, albeit fake, but the police against somebody for shits and giggles. Like that's real life danger to people. And it's like a constant threat to people like me and people I love. And for Rand to just like play like that and think that that was not only like a fun prank, but an appropriate response to toilet paper is insane to me. Yeah, it was pretty wild. The only part about it that made me kind of laugh was like when the cops were in his house and they're like, do you have anything on you? And then Sandoval goes, I have two belts. I have two belts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I found that I found that like I found it hilarious how delightfully himself he could be during that. He didn't seem like super phased. But then that also highlighted for me like how different a world they live in that he wasn't super phased by it. Yeah. And I mean I oh, go ahead. it just was it just felt really it just felt really icky. It was just gross to watch. And like it was so icky that Katie noticed it was icky. Like of all people yeah, she, her face, she's t- fully traumatized, like, watching it go down. Because also, it just happened so fast. Like, suddenly, they're in his house, and then he's in the back of the co- car. And it does also make sense. Like, the fucked up thing about it was that when they're, like, you're being arrested for, like, vandal vandalization or uh, whatever they say... It makes sense, like, in their friend group that Jax would have called the cops on him. Right? Like, that is believable. And you see Ariana be like, Jax, what the fuck? And, like, then Jax's like, I didn't do it. And in that situation, I would have been like, Jax totally called the cops on me. Yeah, I would have believed it. And also, side note, I love how ride or die Ariana and Tom are for each other. Always, always, always. Yeah, that's a good relationship. Like, that is, like, the marker of being in a healthy relationship is when you are, like taking your loved ones back she she's always and i love this about her as boring as people seem to think she's been or whatever i like her and last year when she was trying to be friends with stassi and them i didn't like who she was becoming but it seems to me that she's back to the ariana that i did like which is over it seeing all of them be petty whatever but she's always concerned with Tom's well-being which seems like honest and genuine in a show that doesn't seem to be honest and genuine often like I don't get the sense that Lala is worried about uh Rand's well-being I don't get the sense that Jax worries about Britney's well-being you know what I mean Tom and Katie (laughs) definitely don't worry about one another's well-being but Ariana seems to genuinely want Tom to be successful and thrive with or without her. It's like the only example of healthy love I've seen on Bravo in like my decade of watching these terrible shows. (laughs) Absolutely. And also 
Randall like be like kind of laughingly coming in and then being like, here's the thing. When you fuck with Jax on his birthday, we fuck with you. You fucking dweeb. You loser. You're a dweeb. You're a loser. That's so corny. You thirst bucket. Jax is like a 50 year old, like teenager. Like why are you going hard for him? What does Jax give you? He's not even hot anymore. He's still hot. I hate it. It's true. I'm really, I'm just don't understand that relationship. And also it's like, Jack's like, why are you like, you had nothing to do with this. Like, I guess Randall just decided like, this was going to be a hilarious prank. And it's like, yeah, your friend money hired cops. What a clever prank. Yeah. It just is like, it very much is like an old white guy with some money. When you give him like a chance to be like creative with a prank. That's what he comes up with, which is actually and kind Lala, of like a terrifying thing. Lala had fucking like really hyped it up. She's like, Rand is so good at pranks. Like, he always comes through with like the best pranks. So I'm sitting here waiting for like Tom's mom to show up and see him caught in the nude or something like that. No, it was it was fake calling the cops. I promise you an old white man calling the cops is not a new or clever <laughs> Seriously. Anyway. Katie, spill the best. Also, Sandoval's like dripping with sweat afterwards. Like he gets out of the car <laughs> and he's like, eh, I wasn't too like worried. And then Ariana's is like, you're covered in sweat. And I was like, I would be fully like, freaking out if that happened to me. Also, how did they get a camera in the back seat of the car? Tom should have known it was a prank when we saw the camera in the back seat of the car, right? Too, and also, the cop cars looked really fake. Like it said, like yeah. police on them. I was like, those are fake <laughs> cop cars. <laughs> that was definitely from the set of Bad Boys too. You know, like calm down. And then everyone goes back inside. I also like Sandoval's dad was there. Was he? I didn't even notice that. Yeah, he's like kind of you see him at a couple points in the background. There's like one moment where like Schwartz's arm is draped around him as he's screaming at Katie. So to, like, shut up. Why didn't he interfere? I don't know. It also it happened fast. Like cops can't just like come into your house for no reason. That was uh yeah, that seemed very I don't know. Listen, if my son was going to get arrested for vandalizing, me and him would have gone to jail together. A lot of people were too calm about what was happening to Tom. I would be flipping out. Like, I would not have any chill about it. No. And then Katie is like basically saying she and Ariana are on the same page of like this was a fucked up thing to do or like at least and not I don't even I did not even get the sense that Katie was trying to like talk down to anyone. She was just literally saying like I didn't like this and then Schwartz goes the fuck off on her. It's not even Schwartz's prank. It was insane. So first of all first of all we should just as you've said, we we should just put it out there. Katie was being endlessly reasonable and mature. <laughs> so that's one. Yeah. There but, was no moment where she like crossed a line where it was like tequila Katie or even like annoying sober Katie. It was just like, no. she was like, I didn't basically, she was like, I didn't like this. Like that was that's, weird. That was weird. So that's first. Second, 
It wasn't Tom's prank. Tom was the one who was trying to discourage the toilet paper prank. So I don't understand how a person who thinks that toilet paper is too far (laughs) would flip out about a cop calling prank that he had nothing to do with. Yeah, I feel like it's like Coke and alcohol mixed. Because the way he got like so hyped up, it's just like that's there's no reason for you to act like this right now. And uh, Sandoval and Bo, they both had um, reactions to Tom that made me um, that made me think, right? Like Tom Sandoval's reaction was like, bro, stop, come on. And it felt like a person who was accustomed to placating someone like that. Like, it made me think that this was a dynamic that's not unfamiliar to that friendship. Like, it felt like Tom Sandoval is always keeping Tom Schwartz, not always, but often keeping Tom Schwartz from being abusive to Katie. Yeah, like, it's finally gotten to be, like, a habit that he has to interfere with. Yeah, it was just, it felt to me like Tom has been keeping this version of Tom off camera for a long time. Like this Tom Sandoval knew this would be bad for their brand, for their restaurant. And he was like running interference that he likely had run before. That was just the sense that I got. It felt like a lived in dynamic, like a routine. It didn't, Tom Sandoval didn't seem horrified for the first time the way Bo seemed horrible, horrified for the first time. Yeah, I fully forgot until you literally said that they had a restaurant that Tom Schwartz has a, a restaurant that he's like a yes. business owner. I was like, fuck. He's a business <laughs> owner. Yes. You know, it's easy to forget because last week he let his manager retaliate against his other manager for personal reasons. <laughs> yeah. He's truly just pretty worthless. I was like, I was like, uh, you guys have just given Danica a case for a lawsuit on camera. Like, what? <laughs> True. Schwartz is I mean, gonna like. Show- I mean, do you think that he even? I wonder how much day to day because I believe that Sandoval's involved in like a lot of day to day shit with Tom. Tom, like, he seems passionate about it and like. Like he knows what he's doing to some extent. And Schwartz truly seems like he could run that business into the ground. Oh yeah. I totally 100% that, uh, that Tom think that Tom Schwartz is an investor primarily and like the face of it. I think he exists only for PR reasons. It's just Lisa's British. They love names like Tom, Tom, and she had two Toms, but only one Tom is actually working on the restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. It, if Tom Schwartz weren't cute, he'd be a silent investor, honestly. Totally. And then also it's very telling to see like who didn't try and get involved with like splitting this fight up or telling him like don't talk to her that way. Yeah, I I couldn't I couldn't believe that Stasi uh I couldn't believe that Stasi didn't say anything, but Stasi probably knows this Tom very well and learned that there isn't much that she could do a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I I thought it was was Lala there? I think she was still there because it was like freshly after I think I saw right. Rand. I, I'm like, uh 
Lala, Miss Feminist, Miss all of like, don't talk to me like that. Miss putting Raquel in her place. Couldn't put Tom Schwartz in his place. Yeah. Jax didn't even try. Jax didn't oh, even Jax try. Doesn't care. Yeah. At all, you know, and I, and then like, I mean, I guess Randall probably doesn't feel close enough to interfere. And I know that generally speaking, a lot of people don't like to interfere in domestic situations, but like Tom was really, really, really doing too much. And all Katie was doing was standing there and taking it. And that was like when it got too hard for me. She was like, yeah, like you said, she was like, well, I'm sorry that you feel this. And I'm like, what the fuck? This spicy mouth girl just took it. Like she's clearly really worn down. Yeah. It's reached maximum darkness. And then also I think in the scenes next week, he's like kind of doubling down and just being like, yeah, that's how I feel. And but also like uh he wanted to leave with her still, which I didn't understand. You just yelled at her in front of all these people. You told everyone that you don't want to fuck her, you haven't had sex for 2 months, all kinds of vile shit, but then he still wanted to leave with her. Did you see that? Yeah, and but she's I like think that that's I'm a common thing in like abusive dynamics is like we're like now I'm pissed. So we're going to leave. And then it, the abuse continues all the way home. And like the fight gets oh, worse and right. worse. Yeah. And it's yeah. a control I thing. Like, I couldn't believe it. He humiliated her in front of all these people and then like wanted her to leave with him. Like I, it was, and I was so happy that she didn't go home with him. Then she's like, I'm not leaving with you. But we know that she eventually went home. And that was like very, very sad for me to. Yeah. I want her to break. I want her to just leave him. It's not going to happen. Yeah. I don't think she she can do better. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the thing is, like, all these women on the show are like, they are famous and they have money now. Like they have money and jobs and like all that kind of stuff. So it's like, they're very desirable partners. Yes. But I feel like if you're in that kind of a relationship, I mean, this is a decade into their situation, which means that he's probably been slowly eroding her self-esteem from the beginning. That's like a year of wiping out any sort of self-esteem you have. The, Everybody online calls her fat and says really mean things about her appearance. Um, Tom is a very handsome boy and he's, uh, you know, a former model. He has that restaurant going for him. I'm not saying that she doesn't have things going for her, but I can see how if she lived in that dynamic, she could learn that she's not valuable and Mm -hmm. probably come to believe it. It was just. It's just, I think she's very pretty and I think that she can be smart and funny when she's not just with this dark cloud over her. And I'm sure there's something about her that is likable if she would just show it to us. But God, that was painful to watch. Yeah, I wish she had brothers. My, My family would fuck Tom up if he did some shit like that. And I wish she had people who had her back. She has brothers too. I don't know like which ones what's interesting as well is like when you go back to their wedding like when their wedding went down a lot of like their family members didn't come to their wedding probably because both sides of the family know it's a terrible situation yeah 
I mean, her parents didn't seem particularly enthused. <laughs> uh, would anyone's parents, you're like, hey, I'm going to marry this fucking guy that like lays on the couch and can't have a job. The only good thing he has going for him is the fact that he has this restaurant. And he's clearly not good at that. So. Yeah. Ugh, Prayers for Katie. I'm like really freaked out that they're quarantined together. I'm like, that yes, is a house of horrors. Did you see that there was like, um, you know, a spike in domestic uh, violence situations? Not that they would hit each other. I don't know anything about that. But like, thankfully, their house is big because Mm -hmm. wow. Because he can just have his own zone. She can have her own zone. Go do your coke in some other office or some room I ain't got to be in. I'm going to just sit on the couch and eat ranch dressing away from you. Imagine, though, thank God that they have gotten to the place they are in their lives. Cause like, what if this COVID shit had gone down when Tom and Ariana and all of them were still living in their shitty apartment? (laughs) Jax would have had to fuck Kristen on the couch and everybody could see it. It would have been right there for everybody. (laughs) Or like when Tom and Tom and Jax lived together and Jax just lived in like the living room with a sheet. What if they were quarantined in there? That place is already like a hazmat disaster. Oh my god! Or like if Jack, if James had to be quarantined with that older gay guy he was oh. living with, in remember that? Yes, I can never forget. Oh my god! <laughs> if White Kanye had to be a rent boy with yeah. the old dude in the, he was totally sleeping with that dude, right? Had to be. There's no other way. You don't have an arrangement like that in L.A., in, like, bigger, in any city, really. I mean, like, watch Tiger King. Like, I feel like that's exactly what was happening (laughs) there. Like, if you were a young, hot person living with, like, an older, not hot person, but they're rich, there's something, there's some sort of transaction going um, on. Especially in, like, West Hollywood, Beverly Hills. Like, uh, these, you know what's so crazy is, like, these people are so loathsome, but they've all clearly been through a lot. <laughs> yeah, they and, have a lot of collective trauma. Yes. And so, uh, I don't know. I really wish this episode would have ended on a good note because I don't need it to be continued on someone's emotional abuse. Good God. Now I got to carry that shit into the rest of my week as well. I know. It's really, it's not good. Do you watch Summer House ever? Girl, I watch everything on Bravo. Okay. (laughs) Okay, good. Because that's the only like light in the darkness that I was like, at least Summer House is on tonight and I can be like cleansed from the dark energy of Vanderpump Rules. But it looks like we're about to get negative energy on Summer House because it looks like Luke is about to start disrespecting Hannah. Oh, yeah. And also like... I had I just had Hannah on my other podcast and I was asking her if Luke and her are still together and I think that they kind of are and I'm really sad about that because I'm just like you're so much better than Luke. I I what I really thought that they weren't together because um Carl and Luke were on Watch What Happens Live together and Andy or somebody in the audience maybe explicitly asked Carl, like, do you like Luke and Hannah's dynamic? And he goes, no. 
And I'm like, oh, they're not together. Carl wouldn't say that when her boyfriend is sitting right there. But apparently they are. And Carl just said it. I love it. And also, <laughs> Luke looked crazy on that episode of Watch What Happens Live. He looked like he was wearing a wig. <laughs> He's Luke strikes me as the kind of person that I would initially think was so stunning, but literally five minutes later would be completely done with him. Like, Absolutely. completely. Like when Paige was like, spin it, when he was talking about I think that is the energy we all need to carry for Luke. Spin it. Don't look over here. (laughs) Get him out of here. He's like, you peel back enough layers and then you're like, oh, I get what this is all about and it's a pass for me. Not even enough layers. It's just one layer. His lameness is so close to the surface. Honestly, if he did not have like, the golden ratio on his face. We wouldn't even be talking about him. He's so corny. He's, they're all corny. God forgive me. I still love Ka- Carl. I don't. I know. I love him too. I. He's such a douchebag. He's so terrible. He's so selfish and like useless. But God forgive me. I find him so sexy. And I know he, I, there's no saving a person like him. But he's the kind of person that you're like, I can change him. I can make him whole. And no, he just keeps stealing pieces of every woman he comes along. I can't make him whole, but I still think I can make him whole. I know. And you're like, he just hasn't met me yet. Yeah. But once, he meets, <laughs> once he meets me, it's all going to click into place. Like things will just be like magical. It's like, no, he will literally no, chew you up and spit you out and make you hate yourself. No, truly, I'm I'm sitting here, I'm watching Summer House, and I was like, well, uh, Carl just hasn't been with a black girl from Brooklyn yet. I would get yeah. him right together. No, but then he would just he would just destroy my life diversely. He would just go around just destroying black girls if you give him the opportunity. Like, what? He would just destroy me, and I would take it. He's so my type. When we're talking about like the kind of white guys I'm into, Carl is physically uh, it's so embarrassing that it's true. I know. It's like I'm like uh, I can't wait for my therapist to get back from maternity leave so I can talk about it with her cuz I'm just like <laughs> <laughs> Bravo brings up so much emotional shit that I have to work out. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, honestly. Thank you so much for being on this podcast and talking Vanderpump Rules with me. Yes, thank you for having me. I like when I got your DM, I was so honored. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) I was so excited that you were down. Um, Tell everyone where they can find you. Um, You can find me on Twitter at Raysani, on Instagram. Uh, Ray Sani, R-A-E-S-A-N-N-I, on Instagram at Rafizzle87. Don't judge me. I made that up in high school. And, and um, you know, check me out. I have some stand-up from Comedy Central's uh, YouTube and digital. And um, I uh, wrote on the most recent season of a Black Lady Sketch Show on HBO. So go check that out if you'd like. And yeah, follow me, follow along. Got some projects in the works that I'm really excited to uh, share with you in these uh, coming weeks, months. Uh, COVID is 
making it look like months. But yeah, uh, yeah thank you so much for having me. And uh, this was a blast, honestly. Yeah, so fun. Have a, uh, I hope the rest of your, I was gonna say have a good rest of your quarantine journey, but that feels not right to say. <laughs> but also I'll do, take it, I'll take it. do have a good rest of it. And at least you're with your sister. So that sounds yeah. like a pretty good deal. Yeah, yeah, it's really great. <laughs> All right, bye. I know I'm feeling, cause I know I know I'm feeling, cause I know I know.